Yo, this is Carlos Morgan. Kwame DeMond Mason, director of Soul on Ice, past president and future. Truth is John. Hi, I'm Colleen James. I'm Fitz, the Whip Vanderpool. Hi, this is Barry White. Hey, y'all, I'm Rudy Blair. You're listening to Black Exposed. Black Exposed. Black Exposed. Black Exposed. And you're listening to Santa Tyler on Black Exposed. Black Exposed. Yeah. Welcome to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler, KW's first and Canada's only show on primetime FM radio with black content and all black Canadian music. Co-hosting with me tonight is David Click Cox, a music industry pioneer who's worked on the Remix Project and A&R for Universal Music. So if you're an emerging artist, you don't want to miss this. He's got some great sound advice for navigating your music career. Tonight's Black Exposed features performance highlights and interviews from this year's Mel Brown Music Festival that happened this weekend in support of Black youth in music and education with a variety of Black emerging artists and legendary artists blowing up the stage at the KPL Central. But first, Saskatchewan's own Zochi inspires those going through mental health abuse with her new alternative hip-hop single, Shoot em Zizi. I'm Sandra Tyler. This is Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. It's been too long, I've been down on my knees. I've been crying for mercy, please. Trying to forgive mercy. They try to take me out, try to manipulate me, try to gaslight my cries. Can't even stress out. Shoot. Is it so wrong to fall in love, to love someone so evil like you? Welcome 
back to Black Exposed. I'm Sandra Tyler. Last weekend's second annual Mel Brown Music Festival was epic, and I mean epic. From performances by six-time Juno nominee and leading Canadian female reggae artist Amoy Evans to the smooth jazz of Faith Amore and the inspiring blues by Douglas Watson, ska and reggae band The Arsenals energized the evening and headliners Juno winner Sean Jones and hip-hop legend Socrates. They made history at KW's first three-day Black Music Festival. Big thanks to Nathan Stretch, festival manager, Juno winner, festival curator and producer Carlos Morgan, hip-hop artist John Corbin, and Sam Navy for creating the Emerging Artist Showcase, and Dr. Lee Willingham, professor at Laurier, for spearheading this year's Symposium on Diversity and Equality. Coming up, some performance clips and interviews from this year's Mel Brown Music Festival. I'm Sandra Tyler. This is Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. Tonight we have performing with us the Arsenals, such an amazing band. I've got the lead singer here, Dizzy Minot. Let me ask you this. We're at the Mel Brown Festival, and it's a festival for black Canadian artists, which is very important. What does a festival such as this mean to you? It's an opportunity for all ages to get together. And our slogan is, wear comfortable shoes. That's right. Because <laughs> they're going to bring down the house tonight. Make you move. Make what can we expect? Can you give us a little ditty can you like sing us out so as you mentioned um, like we we produce um, pop songs we do them over in ska and reggae I have here with me one of our singers Amber Hardy uh, she's at Instagram at Curly Locks that's correct that is correct hello uh, everybody we just completed um, a cover of Miley Cyrus's uh, Flowers but to reggae I want to show them how it's done ladies and gentlemen this is Amber Hardy we were good we were cold, kind of dream that can be so. We were right till we weren't. Build a home and watched it burn. Ooh, I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to fight. Started to cry, but then remembered I. I can buy myself flowers. Write my name in the sand. Talk to myself for hours. Yeah, say things you don't understand.
and um, I hope you enjoy Sean Jones next. I am so happy to be here at Kitchener. The last time I was here was 2004. I was with a band called In Essence. Um, board band, and we had a lot of fun. We actually played Oktoberfest here. It was an amazing show. Um, what a wonderful thing this is to be sharing music and be able to be on this stage and, and, and you know, share our passions with you. I'm going to be doing some songs from my album entitled Weekend Lover. And I tell you, this is uh, kind of special because, you know, as artists, especially black artists, you don't get a lot of opportunities to actually play live and play this music live and let people actually hear it. Um, because it's constantly said that it doesn't sell and it doesn't work, even though we all know that that's not true. So to have an opportunity like this, to be here, to share this music with you, is just a dream come true for all of us. I do hope you enjoy this, uh, this next tune. It's called Rub. By the time I get home, she's too tired, too tired to even talk. We don't got time for us. Together, but we're drifting apart. We just need some time alone. Girl, it might be Friday. We don't have to party. No, baby, not tonight. Not tonight, girl.
I'm Sandra Tyler, and with me at the second annual Mel Brown Festival is Alan Cayenne, who is the president of KW Oktoberfest. Alan, this is your first time at the Mel Brown Festival, correct? It is. It's my very first time, and it's been so impressive. Everything's been amazing so far. As a leader in the community, I mean, you put on the Oktoberfest, which is the the second largest Oktoberfest in the world. How do you feel coming to this grassroots festival and seeing it grow? Oh, it's it's amazing. You know, it takes you back to the, the beginning of Oktoberfest or the same way, just a, a smaller version of what it is today. And so it's amazing to see these, um, these great community festivals and how they start and how they bring different members of the community together, exposing them to new sounds, new music, things that they wouldn't normally experience and I love seeing that in our community so this is just another great event that we have going on in Kitchener-Waterloo. Thanks Alan for coming out and showing your support and we look forward to seeing all the wonderful events going on at the KW Oktoberfest coming up this fall. Oh it's, it's going to be great we have lots of events going on you make sure you check out oktoberfest.ca to see everything we have coming out but again it's just going to be a great celebration of this amazing community of ours. Thanks Alan. Thank you. I'm here with Mark from Mark's Crew kitchen and seafood on King Street in Kitchener. You and your wife are catering the second annual Mel Brown Festival. How important is it to have events such as this in the KW community supporting black emerging artists and also being able to have you as a sponsor as a black owned restaurant in this city? It's great. It's great. It's good. It's good to support and you know support locals and come on and have some good fun. Thank you Mark. Let's go back in time. The year was 1994. And Toronto finally got a shot at breaking into New York City, at breaking into California, at breaking into the UK with one piece of vinyl. Follow with me. Father time takes on to the early morning breaks of dawn. I'm an emperor who's gonna fight crushes upon. I gave birth to an apple seed. Still in the green? Blow up just a free. I'm Fitz, the Whip Vanderpool, six time professional boxing champion, three division pro champ, and you are listing Black Exposed. Word up. Yeah, yeah. Socrates in the house. About to turn it on now. Eating it up, word yeah. Figures of speech take over the whole world, baby. Word up. Yeah. You can't f with my style. Word up. Yeah. Check me out. Father time ticks dawn through the early morning breaks of dawn. I'm an emperor whose empire crushes the poor. I gave birth to a novel scene. Still in the green, who blow out your smoke screen. So free, please, cause it's MC and every degree. Can have a punk spilling head cheese. Socrates, a felon. In the rap game, rebelling at rock stadiums like Van Helen. Blue Springsteen, what is war good for? Even when cash rules, you still lose my Quoting the words of a shoddy When who is becomes who was And who could have been will never be somebody All I want's a green in my jeans The earth is mean, so I plot mad schemes Wild for the night, being polite You're drowning in shit creek without a fight Some old psych shit, you wanna battle? Touch the mic and see how close you might get A bust you missile click and send you back to your dimension of whackness Doors block and end with a backflip So then the beat becomes 
come shank. Let the fat woman scream. It ain't over till I finish my skank. Following the footsteps so you can flow to act around the way Every day's a payday Crooks are living the life of kings in the ghetto Emeralds and fat diamond rigs Stay alive and strive Let a nigga know that you're real And quit playing Leonard Part 5 Recognize my rhyme My Valentine's Day a deadly love Powerful like Daddy Tom Keep checking your watch before I took in your home plate I'm Jackie Robinson, you better do a Brooklyn My Mac will never crack so and I got mother niggas <laughs> down to nothing. Ah, uh, an asset to the ramen biz. My nigga, never ask me what time it is. I'll kick a quiz and go sphinx on your ass and ask you if a falls in the ghetto, will they harass you? And ask you, sit and think a deadly venom starts to sink through your fucking skin and melts your lips. The shaman getting low on Tangeray. Flip the script on a AR, stifle in Mazarine. Promising is comforting to the fool, but worth some of the time. The word is born, the smirk, son. Better be white by tomorrow night for me to capiche or I'ma have my way like Carlito. If the time runs out, then brother, you will get turned out. And if the clock keeps ticking, then nigga, you will lose no doubt. If the time runs out, then brother, you will get turned out. And if the Welcome back to Black Exposed. I'm Sandra Tyler. So what happens when you put two legends in one room? Well, six-time boxing champ fits the whip van and hip-hop legend Socrates, they duked it out for the cameras in the green room. And I almost drove Socrates home. You know, I should have. That would have been a great time to play hip-hop karaoke. That was a fun night. You can check all the photos on my socials. Black Exposed at 98.5 CKWR. And Socrates is going to be back on Black Exposed in the near future. Socrates and I go way back from the 90s. And for all you emerging artists, if you don't know who Socrates is, you better look him up. He's a forefather of the Canadian hip-hop scene. He's international. He's worked with the Wu-Tang Clan, Common, Red Man, Method Man. That I mean, that's just touching a surface. Not only that, he's part of the Black Pack. Julie Black, Cardinal Official, Baby Blue Sound Crew, Maestro, Carlos Morgan, and Chocolaire, to name a few. And he'll be performing with Chocolaire this summer at Young and Dundas Square in Toronto. So make sure to check it out. Coming up next, our Black Canadian Artist Spotlight is I Am OP from Montreal. He blends his gospel themes into diverse ranges of genres. This is I Am OPB with my love. Me on more. Me on more. Me on more. Me on more. Bad girl, you are bad girl. You are talk with a thing. You are making gold sticky like one. Me a bad man. Rooting, baby, you go crazy. I my baby. So baby, put it on me. So baby, put it on me. I just want you to love me. I just want you to hold me. I just want you to love me. I love it when you call me. 
John, you are listening to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. I'm David Cox, also known as Click, and um, he's a professional. <laughs> he was an A&R, one of the most pivotal A&Rs in um, Canada at Universal for about a decade. We are in the building. President of CLK Creative Works. Remix Project. Breaking down racial barriers. I was in the mix. Looking at a record store. I think it's important that when you are in the mix that you have something to offer. And you're not coming ask like, what is your asset? What do you do? <laughs> Back in those days, every week there would be like a record company party. Because people saw my strengths. Mm. I'm a people person. I'm David K. Cox and you're listening to The Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. Welcome to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. I'm your host, Sandra Tyler. With my guest host, tonight music industry pioneer and one of the most influential people in canadian music welcome david click cox he's the president of clk creative works the co-founder of breaking down racial barriers brdb he's building the foundation for salome bay canada's first lady of blues and he's working with her daughter black rock singer sate he's also involved in the film onyx experience on cbc gem about black artists doing rock music in canada He's working on a documentary on Canadian hip-hop artist King Rain, and there's more. He's worked for BMG Music and A&R for Universal Music Canada. Welcome to Black Exposed, Click. You're such a busy man. Not bad. How you doing? Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> so you are one of the most influential people in the music industry. So before we start, I'm going to tell our listeners, if you know someone in the music industry or you are someone in the music industry, I don't care what you do, Call them, text them, but they need to listen to the show, 98.5 CKWR or stream live CKWR.com. Back in the 90s when we met, you were part of a rap group, The Maximum Definitive. And in 1993, you were nominated for a Juno for Best Rap Recording. And you won an MMVA for the single Jungle Man. And you opened for the Dream Warriors. So oh, yeah. how did you go from artist to being on the other side of the, uh, the lens? The lens, the coin. The, the, the whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I was very young when I started in uh, in TMD, the Maximum Affinitive. I mean, we was in high school. I was very flexible. I was a dancer and a b-boy and I was a um, hype man, I guess you could say, you know, very much like a Flavor Flav or something like that, you know? And so I, for me, I always had aspirations of wanting to be an A&R or work for a record company. Like that was something I've always kind of dreamt about. It was a dream of mine even when I was doing the dancing and all that type of stuff. But as you get older, you start to realize like, okay, what else do I want? Like, I, you know, I don't want to just be that dancer, that hype guy, that, that side man. I want to, I want to do other things. And in the, in the group at the time, you know, in the, in the nineties, I also kind of naturally got into the role of, of being the, the voice box. 
<laughs> you know, every 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 artist needs a voice box, meaning they need support. They need somebody who's going to champion them, who isn't scared to knock on doors, who isn't scared to like, you know, rub elbows. And I was always that dude. Like I just, even, even if my partners in the music at the time, if they were standing right beside me, it just, people seem to gravitate towards me because I was just the talkative person. You know what I mean? So that, I think that's how that started. But, you know, I also worked at a record store um, throughout the 90s and and before working for record labels, it all kind of, you know, took on other other roles such as, you know, promoting shows, constantly going to college radio shows. Like I was, I would go to all the different college shows in Toronto and just be a fly on the wall, just soaking up the music and, and enjoying the vibes and getting to build relationships. And so, as you know, the business is really about relationships. So, you know, when the record, you know, when I started working for record companies is because I already kind of came to the table with experience and knowledge and relationships. So that's that's really how that came about. What are some of the great experiences that you had working as an A&R rep for Universal Music? I didn't start working there until the 2000s, the 2001-2 era. So it wasn't in the 90s. I experienced the music industry different in a different space in the 90s. But in the 2000s, in that era, it was an interesting time because it was the era of the iPod. <laughs> it was the era of the just after the backlash of Napster going down. You know, it was it was the decline in sales of CDs. It was at the same time the upcline in hip hop going mainstream. The Nellies, the Fifty Cents, the M and M's, like all that that era in that time. But from a Canadian standpoint, it was actually still challenging because we had artists like Shaq Claire, Cardinal, Rascals. You know, even you know Carlos Morgan. <laughs> there was there was other artists in our, in our in our in the country being laying down the, the pavement, but hadn't received the international recognition and even the respect in Canada for them to actually flourish the way that we wanted to. At that time, I always called it a. I would say that Canada had an inferiority complex. It's like people weren't proud to rep where they were from enough. Absolutely, the, the artists were, but I don't think the consumer had the respect in the way that they do today for the art. You know, even the sports teams, like when the Raptors first came on the scene, I mean, that's 20 years ago. And we're talking 20 years ago right now, practically. Like at that time, you had a whole new surgence seeds that were being planted. And fortunately enough, the financial backing and the support that the NBA gave the sports, you know, teams like the Raptors, for example, to, to go on to win, you know, championships is amazing. And something to be said, if you look at the, at the the music side of the, of the coin, I don't necessarily think we've had the same type of uh, support uh, that has come to fruition in the same way where we were championing artists from here on out. But the other side of that, other other point of that is that the NBA is also an American company with a huge backing. And like, you know, there wasn't really anybody doing that uh, with with Canadian artists. Yeah. You, know, you know, I worked for Universal, but it's like, it's still, it's not like the money necessarily comes right from the American bank accounts that dictate what happens with a Canadian artist. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's a little, there's a lot of intricacies and, and reasoning and variables why certain things haven't been successful. We could sit here talking for hours about that. But but um, yeah, that's that's a little bit of my perspective on like that particular time, the early 2000s. Right. And so when you got your job at Universal, you were at BMG before, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Ivan Barry was the A&R for BMG. 
BMG. Yes, he was. Well, he was international. Uh, international. A- yeah, it's Ivan Barry. I mean, look him up. What was his words to you when you applied for this position at Universal? That was an amazing um, conversation we had. Real mentorship there. You know, I know Ivan for a long time because my group, uh, the Maximum Affinity, used to open up for his group. You know, wow. and yeah, so I had I had a relationship with him from when I was you know eighteen, nineteen years old. You know what I mean? And you know, guys like him and Farley Flex were all people that I had looked up to and uh, and had built relationships with. So when I ended up working with Ivan at BMG. You know, he just pulled me aside one day and was like, yo, you should apply for this job. And at the time, I didn't think it was right for me, but he kind of, you know, showed me why it was right for me. And I'm happy he did because I ended up applying for that job and getting it. You know, there was a lot of people that were applying for that role. You know, it was like the first kind of, you know, really put out to the industry as like a hip hop R&B, what they would call urban. I hate that term, but, you know, an urban A&R at the time. And there never been one in this country Descript, job description in that way so for me to get that role was an amazing um, opportunity and I know why I got it in hindsight like the other people there was other people that were I think were probably might, might be more qualified but I think that they wanted somebody who could come in from that would humble themselves in the role learn and not come in trying to flaunt like they know it all you know what I'm saying or have so much experience that like yo let me run my own ship I don't need you to tell me how to run a ship and I think they I didn't have that attitude. I was more like, I want to learn from you, but at the same time, don't tell me how to do my culture. Don't tell me how to dictate what is what, because I am it. There was a mutual respect there, and and uh, I learned a lot working working at Universal for like eight years was was uh, was an amazing thing. What were some of the hurdles being an A and R um, that you came across when you wanted to to sign any artists? I mean, it kind of goes back to the conversation about like like hip hop and and specifically where it was at that particular time when I was there. Just the fact that like, you know, I think the biggest hurdle was like, I always felt that if something was going to blow up, it would need some sort of verif- like certification outside of Canada. And, and it somewhat still is the scenario today. Like, I always felt like, okay, if I can get a particular artist or a label to back what we're doing, it's going to help our efforts. And some of the biggest challenges was like talking to my colleagues who work for the same company, trying to convince them to sign an artist from Canada was really hard. You know, some of the, I'll never forget having a conversation with um, this one A&R guy and him telling me that will his exact words, there will never be a Canadian. Canadian rap star. Wow. I'll never forget wow. him him saying that to me. And that was like how small-minded and narrow-minded individuals were in that time. And they just had a mental block where they weren't even giving something a chance, you know? And and, and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nah, nah, it's a, you know, it's a different landscape. That they don't come from, you know, the hood isn't the same. Or like, it was just a lot of ignorance. You know, it's just funny to see like our biggest artists in the world now are Canadian. And yeah, it's just it's 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 mine here we go are you ready for one another dream warriors noise is new discover once again with the new blend so telephone a friend yo kiboy's got his new song it's the man. compact disc to the prime is optimist fans are friends i'm universal and cosmic concrete jungles abound stand by the speaker you're smothered and covered up in the sound you stand strong as you pump your fist i'm talking all that jazz now what's my definition 
My definition, my definition, my definition is this, my definition, my definition, my definition, my definition is this, my definition, my definition is this, my definition. It's often said to do damage Skin so strong, even Superman needs a hand So bob your head, dread as I kick the funk flow This rhyme is subliminal, yeah you don't think so I walk with a gold cane, a gold brain and no gold chain Behind the truth lies, there lies a parapet In the mix is where dream warriors go Define if you will, but I know so There is no definition My definition, my definition My definition is this My definition, my definition my definition, my definition is this, my definition, my definition is this, my definition. Like a poet, your definition of beat is definitely wrong. Why must I try to lie and build an alibi when all you ask is just for me to be me? Replace a replaceable replacement with this. Relax, relax, relaxation, bombastic. My name is King Lou. Mine is Capital Q. Bags of mostly water, search to find my definition. My definition, my definition, my definition is this. My definition, my definition, my definition. My definition is this, my definition, my definition is this, my definition. Why people call you Quirk? Yeah, I I got my name given to me by one of the guys in the Max Infinitive named Darwin. Actually, I never really shared this story, so I guess I used to have another name that uh that I used to go by. I got the name given to me after winning a, a dance battle back in the battle days, you know, and, and like this might, might have been 89, 90 or something, you know? It's actually short for clickety click. As, as a kid, they call me clickety click because I was, you know, magical with my ish, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
um, you know, it's just got dumbed down into click, and that's just it's just stuck with me all these years. So it's just the name I got, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I think it was like two years when I was working at Energy before I knew your name was David. David, I know, I know. Most it was funny. Most people never knew my name was David because I never really told anybody my name David until I started working at record companies. And when I worked at record companies, it was like, so what's your real name? I'm like, oh, it's David. Oh, okay, all right. Even it's funny when I went to work at um at Universal, my two bosses, Alan Reed and, and Dave Porter. I remember walking into my interview and them being like, click, like because they, you know, my resume said David Cox. It didn't say David ah. Cox. And I walk in like, oh, click. You're, I didn't even know that your name was David. Like they, they had no idea that I was coming to see them. They didn't realize until I walked in the door. You know what I mean? You know, I just I never forget that that moment. It was just kind of funny. <laughs> you have always been a champion for Black emerging artists, and I you have so many projects going on right now. Let's mm-hmm. talk about CLK Creative Works. It's a full service artist management and consulting firm. Um, tell us more about that. I mean, when I left Universal, um, I st- you know, kind of even when I was at Universal, kind of started the management company. But um, over the years, I've just managed different artists from rock artists to alt country artists to um, R&B, hip hop. It's just I kind of get behind what I'm passionate about, you know, and, and what I and what I love. And, and music is just something that's like it's embedded in me and I just I can't escape it. So uh, if something really gravitates to me, I'm going to champion it, you know, but um, that's, you know, part of it. And the other part is just the consulting thing is, you know, helping others navigate um, through the industry the best way that I can with all the experience and 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 knowledge that I have and, and relationships. So that's been something that I, I do and and teaching like I, I've been involved with the Remix Project in Toronto, which is our artist incubator program uh, since it's infantry. And I continuously give back there because because I just I love the way what they do there, and I, I love the uh, the talent that comes through the door, you know. So that's that's under the CLK umbrella, <laughs> and what I what I'm doing. I mean, I'm also doing a lot of film and production yes. things over there now. It's kind of like where I feel like I'm leaning more um, these days than anything. Um, I'm not really managing as many acts as I used to. It's now it's kind of turning more into a film film production, but attached to music. You know what? This is so exciting. So last week I did a Canadian spotlight on Canadian black rockers okay? mm-hmm. and I was so limited with my options really I have to give you my playlist you're gonna have to give me your playlist absolutely sorry actually I should correct that female rockers yes yeah, female this, rockers mm-hmm. so when I saw that you have this movie on CBC gem mm-hmm. about black Canadian rockers the onyx experience I was flabbergasted because I'm a rocker chick mm-hmm. I love Listen, a lot of people like, you know, when they're so surprised, they see my braids and they're like, what? You don't listen to only hip hop. And I hate that. But no, I like my I like my alternative rock. I like my rock. I've been working in this business 26 years. I, you know, you meet all walks of life and you appreciate all genres of music. But that has always been like the thing that really pisses me off is there not enough black rockers on the radio mm-hmm. or just in general. So tell me more about this movie. Well, I, I, the movie movie kind of came about in, a, in a, a couple different ways. Mainly one was I had I was given an opportunity to do a festival and uh, it was during COVID and I just didn't want to take that chance of my festival being cancelled. Like I didn't want to and I didn't want the anxiety of like 
everything going and all of a sudden you know some of you booked gets covid and can't do the gig like i just i didn't want to deal with that so i shifted gears and thought hmm everything i was watching online of live concerts were like these live streams that looked terrible sounded terrible and i just i thought to myself hmm well what if i made the festival like a live concert film like an art piece and um have the vision of this other street artist i came across named kismet who um i, I saw through a, a kind of a, a street mural uh art installation piece and i came across his work and i was just blown away and and I, it always was stuck in my back of my head is like if i ever want to do something i want to use that guy <laughs> you know what i mean and so when this opportunity came up i hit him up and i was like yo i got this idea and i think your art would be perfect for it and he supported it and I, like i was blown away because kismet stepped up like i mean i got a hold of him maybe three and a half weeks before shooting and if you watch the film it, you know this is ever evolving art piece that kind of you know builds and, and comes down and destroy like it's just it's a beautiful piece of work that he did but for him to build that in three weeks is absolutely amazing <laughs> but um you know the goal was really is to shine light on like you know black artists that do rock music because for me you know growing up in canada obviously like i'm not just a hip-hop head i like rock music I like jazz music i'm just a music lover you know what i mean and so um you know i just thought hey it'd be dope to do like you know celebrate our artists in canada that are black that are doing rock music and you know working with sate i've you know firsthand seen the challenges that she's faced i firsthand seen the successes she's had and and then fifi Dobson, i actually you know worked at the record yeah. company when she first came out so i've seen her her rise i've seen um her successes and then ob jams was just like this punk band that i've been following for years that you know in the recent past couple of years have been you know their 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 flag is definitely going up the hill so it's like you know it just made sense to bring these three artists together who definitely are not like one another they none of them sound alike and none of them perform alike and i just felt it would be a great representation of shining light and and celebration of black artists in a space and then also to make sure that like majority of my cast and crew were all black or people of color to create the film was amazing so um you know i've done some other projects over the years but this one was like definitely a highlight of my career to do that film like i really really very 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 much proud of it. okay and the film is called the onyx experience it's the on onyx cbc experience. jam yes make you sure log, you check it out you can log on to www.theonyxexperience.ca for any other any other info you, know you don't want to know my name i just short circuit through your brain you don't want to taste my blood But I'm feeding through your veins You don't want to hear my voice But you're binging on my words You don't want to see my face But your snake and eyes are cursed
record deal looked like back then compared to now. It, do we even have A and R in Canada? Oh yeah, no A and R. A and R definitely exists, and they're out there, and they're 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 banging the pavement, and they're making deals and do different things. But I think from back then, the difference is, is that we didn't have anybody that really looked and, and talked our talk and walked our walk that we felt confident that whoever we were to do a deal with, they would understand us. And that's a big yeah. part of it. You know, over the years, some things have changed. You know, I think about like the deals that like Ghetto Concept got when they came on the scene. You know, I was privileged enough to work with their records and, and the Rascals and, you know, having, you know, Saw Guy working those records at BMG and him working at BMG was a really big, he, him able to push things where they needed to go. Yeah. And the type of deal that seven, that Ghetto Concept had was Seven Bill. They had their own type of label scenario and they were able to really dictate what they wanted. And I think that that was the biggest thing is like empowering people with the opportunities to run their own ships. But I think that was what's changed a little bit. And I still think that that doesn't happen enough today. Like if there's anything I wish I did differently when I was in A&R until today is, is do production deals. I, I wish that yeah. I had done production deals. I did not do production deals. And it was something that was not really, that was kind of frowned upon, not in like a negative na nature, just that it's just not something that we do a lot of. And what, what a production deal is, is like, you know, finding a producer and basically getting first dibs on anything they bring to the table and empowering them to have their own label through the, through the company. And we didn't really do that. We did label deals with people that want to run a label. I think that uh, if we could have empowered people through, um, especially when you look at the successes of producers in this country and how in important they are and how there's a couple of people that I, I was very close with that, you know, I was trying to sign their artists and not them. And in hindsight, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should have done that production deal. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can you tell us who? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it was Doc. If it was anybody, oh, okay. If anybody I wish I had done a deal with okay. um, back in those days, you know, because he went on to produce The weekend and, and, and do a lot of other amazing things. So if I just, I think if I had done that, maybe it would have been a different scenario. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I, I do think that those aren't things I'm seeing a lot done today. I, I know a couple of those have been done, but they haven't been nearly successful as they should be. You know, a big part of our industry that's still a challenge today is the fact that we still need certification outside of this marketplace for the market here to really blow, for an artist to really blow up. They can kind of stay popular on a block, but how do you get them to outside the block? Yep. And, and that's that, that takes getting other people in other markets to pay attention to, and to support the projects. Thank you for being with us. Thank We're you gonna... for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed my time and uh, and I, I, I want people to also uh, salute you for creating the avenue and the platform to spotlight Black artists because um, without that, maybe a lot of artists would not be heard or seen. And I know for a fact myself, like, you know, I still listen to radio. I still listen to playlists. I listen. I, I'm, 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 one, I'm still an A&R at heart because I'm always trying to discover right. new-ish, right? So it's just dope that you have the platform and, and uh, who knows, maybe, you know, somebody will hear, you know, something I, I requested tonight and all of a sudden be like, yo, I really love this. I want to book this artist or I want to, you know, download their music or whatever the case is. So thank you. Sure. And you're more than welcome to hop on and be my music director whenever you want. <laughs>
So tell me about you are so you are the co-founder of breaking down racial barriers. D I mean B R D B for short. <laughs> I know, I know. Breaking what you're down thinking. racial barriers, BDRB. Right. Yep. Tell us a bit about that. Why did you find it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? You know what? I think I shouldn't have taken that that whatever cough medicine. It's making me a little high. <laughs> I should be in a music studio right now. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh shit. I'm David K. Cox, and you're listening to the Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. Hey, Canada, Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR is Canada's only show on primetime FM radio that plays Black CanCon only. If you're a Black Canadian artist and want your Black original music showcased on Black Exposed, send me two radio-friendly songs along with bio and collab to blackexposed at bell.net. on me, boy. All right. 
right, here's what's happening around town. Dig Millennial presents Afro Vibe on Gawkle Saturday, June 3rd from 2 to 9. Celebrating, elevating, and amplifying black culture from Africa and around the world. Guyanese Fit Chick, the leading digital Caribbean fitness trainer, is now available online to help you with your workouts. Check out her classes at GuyaneseFitChick.com. Now here's some summer concerts and festivals worth noting. Amanda Marshall performs at the Center in the Square June 21st. And I'm definitely going to check this festival out. Nelly presents the Hot and Her Festival June 24th at Downsview Park, Toronto. Wait till you hear the lineup. Alright, so it features live performances by Nelly, Yayo, Akon, T.I., Fat Joe, Rick Ross, Ja Rule, Chingy, and of course, wouldn't be the same without Carrie Hilson. Tickets at hotandher.ca. That's hot in H-E-R-R-E dot C-A. And that's what's black around town. Mm-hmm. I know, I guess you know I wanna ask if you still love me. Just a product of my experience. Learning to love myself through loving you. Never had someone show me how to improve. Trying to make you leave just to beat you to the punch. But somehow you still, you still put up with all my shit. Nothing before you exist, nothing before you exist, nothing before you exist. I'm convinced that heaven exists. Cause nothing before you exist, nothing before you exist. Hey, no, I'm blessed and highly favored. Asking God to let me see another day. I'm blessed, I don't have much. I usually learn the hard way. Gotta count Highly favored Every time that I wake up No, I'm not worthy But I got a purpose There ain't no other way But to stay prayed up Every day, every day, every day, every day I wake up Every day, every day, every day Before my makeup Every day, every day, every day Every day Every day, every day, every day, every day Every day, every day, every day Gotta stay prayed up That's it for tonight's Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. I want to send out a special thanks to the Rogers KW Oktoberfest Women of the Year Committee for honoring me with the prestigious award of Lifetime Achievement. I am eternally grateful and humbled. Thank you. And special thanks to our co-host, David Click Cox. Next week on Black Exposed, Black Canadian music legends versus Black emerging artists. From the sound of Black legends who built Black music in Canada to the sounds of upcoming unheard black emerging artists looking to break the music scene you can find me on my socials as sandra tyler and at black exposed 98.5 ckwr black exposed is canada's first and only show on primetime fm radio with black content and all black canadian music you can hear black exposed every tuesday at 6 p.m stream live on ckwr.com and stream after on spotify 
Spotify, YouTube, Podbeam, Samsung, and most other streaming services. Thanks for hanging with me tonight. Celebrate your blackness in every shade. I'm Sandra Tyler. This is Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. Stay blessed, everyone.